They are real no podcast men living in their podcast land, making all their podcasts for nobody. Rolling Stones. Welcome to Rotten Potatoes, bear, bear, bear. hosted by Cook Street Productions, home to Cook Street Productions, yeah. in Denver, Colorado. Uh, my name is Justin. Stick I'll be to the script. I'll be your host tonight. Uh, we are going to talk about a movie called End of the Tour tonight, uh, eventually, and guess the Rotten Tomato score. Actually, we're going to switch up the order today. Uh, because I had to see Trainwreck from last episode because we guessed the Rotten Tomato score for Trainwreck. Nate and I both guessed 78. Evan guessed 82. I believe at that time it was like a 90. 93. 93. What is it now? Do you know? And it went down that's to 85. Yeah, last time I thought I saw it. That's a more appropriate score. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I lost due to Rochambeau skunking. Um, at, Nate's, at Nate's hands, <laughs> I would like to mention that I beat him the next day in a rematch. Oh, four three, four, four two, two. Four two. Yeah. <clears throat> so <laughs> I lost due to Rochambeau rules. So I had to see Trainwreck alone, but I also requested that these guys all see it so that we could really unpack uh, the summer's biggest comedy, I guess. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna do that at the end of the podcast, just because we'll be talking so specifics, and there'll be spoilers and. Uh, want to give you the option to bow out if you'd like to. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to start with uh, just some pleasantries, some fast ones. My name is Justin, and what's captivated my attention this week, as per tradition we say this, is the album In Color by Jamie XX, who is the producer of the XX. Uh, so it's all instrumentals. He's a DJ. It's great. It's really good. Yeah. It's I mean, really we're, we're always looking for albums... For coffee shop, like writing or yeah. walking or just, yeah. It, but it's it's very moody. It's really good. Yeah. Um, and the weird thing I learned about him today is he didn't start the XX. Like he came in, there were two of them. There was the girl and then a producer and he was the third one in. So why did he get to keep XX as his last name <laughs> Wait, as an artist? Wait, hold up. Yeah. Wait, is he the, he's the male voice and the guitarist? Um, no, he's just a producer and DJ. He doesn't play any instruments. Does he sing? I don't think so. Oh, that's fucked up. <laughs> so maybe the second guy, I know it said her and some other guy's name formed it as a duo, and he came in a year later and also, then kind of took over, but still. Right. That'd, be to, like, that'd be like if Travis called himself Travis Cook Street. Yeah. Like he came in late. But so you made it really better. His. I hear you. Um, <laughs> I think it's CEO Cook Street. He's changed his name formally. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Nate. Um, captivating your attention. Hmm. I thought an email earlier freed us of this. I was going to say the rap air horn app. Bam, bam. Um, but I'll steal one that you turned me on to and I've only watched one episode of. But Mr. Robot on USA, I think, is great so yeah. far. Um, watching the commercials on USA, you know, it's sandwiched between a Suits and a something else. So I kind of figured it was just another USA show, which actually I've never watched Suits. Is it decent? We no, no. They, they keep it's running that it's like Yeah, it's like... It looks awful. The, there's a commercial they're showing during Mr. Robot where it like has different characters saying the same word over yeah. and over again. So it's like, get the hell out of my office. Get the hell out of my office. Get the hell out okay, of my so office. Okay, so I saw that too. Isn't that 
the worst yeah, promo of the show they're ever. They're advertising yeah. that it is repetitive. Yeah. That they don't write it's, it's been around for like yeah. two seasons, if, right? If, <laughs> it, if it was real life, that would be funny that these people keep saying the right. same things. But you're writing these scripts. Yeah, right. absolutely. If it was someone making fun of your show. Yeah, yeah the terrible is Yeah, it's super cut. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's, but Mr. it's, Robots, Mr. Robots it's a really, really neat start. Yeah. It's it's different. I mean, well, it's different in the way that it's it's ripping off The Matrix and Fight Club. Yeah. And what's the third one? There's a little bit of a third Hackers. One. Hackers. Yeah. But yeah, I love the I'm way it's shot. I'm only one at Ben, but how, how far are you? Uh, three. That's still entertaining. It's it's interesting. It, yeah. it, it doesn't feel necessarily like a TV show. Uh, my name's Travis, and I didn't know USA was a network, so... Oh. That's captivated your attention tonight, at least. Um, no, I guess uh, the quickest answer to this is, uh, at the Cook Street house, we've been without internet for... God, it's like a day? 24, 24 hours. hours? It feels like an internment yeah, yeah. camps, what I hear about this. What's been captivating my attention is my depression. Attention. <laughs> my, my inability to focus on anything that's not yeah. right in front of me digitally. It's consuming you. Awful. Last night I went to bed and I just kept refreshing my browser, mm -hmm. waiting for it to come back on, mm -hmm. and eventually just gave up and fell asleep and then woke up and did it again. Like yeah. All of my waking hours are waiting for it. Really not not a good sign. Not a great sign. And you know, for girly pictures, like the chive is good. Sure. But it's very hard. <laughs> girly to, pictures. It's very hard to do anything with one hand. Yeah. Like you have to basically, I've laid it on my nose. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? This is to jerk off. Like to beat off to something on your phone. I understand, but you're, you, that close you're to your face? something on your face. It's too to far away it. otherwise. I have nowhere else to put the phone so that it's big enough for my... And you went with girly pictures? You need a monkey tail. Yeah, I like girls. Yeah, but you could, you could, you could still do porn on your phone. Oh, no, no, it eats up too much data. Oh. Uh, mm. <laughs> Uh, my name is Evan, and I watched Naked and Afraid XL. The 40 Days and 40 Nights version? Those yeah. are big Was dick it pretty guys. crazy? It hasn't happened yet. It's Wait, still going. It's a whole is, series. What does that mean? It's 12. <laughs> Where their organs are XL. Yeah. You know the Naked and Afraid big tits, big, big dicks? Yeah. <laughs> that would sell way more. Naked and Afraid big tits, big dicks. <laughs> they are there for <laughs> almost double the time, yeah. and there's 12 people on the same island. Hmm. Yeah. And they all are dropped in different places and don't know how many people are on the island. Do you realize that on a previous What's Captivating Your Interest, you did Naked, Naked and Afraid, the first version? Yeah. Well, okay. Now it's really stepped it up to make sure. <laughs> I gotta say, I saw some of this one. It's pretty interesting. It's great. Like, it's like a real survivor. Oh, yeah. Like, you're fucking naked, and they don't give you anything. You're not, like, playing you like a machete to earn favor. Right. It's like all the people there have, like... But didn't Seth Rogen and James Franco no. do it together? No. They did a joke. It was a joke. Yeah, it was, yeah. All, it was a parody. Everyone leaves there like needing to go straight to the emergency. Yeah, room. I thought they were doing it for real, but then they they did it and it was a parody. Like they were playing characters. They didn't actually get dropped off. It was. Hmm. I mean, I'm sure it's still like you know the camera guys and producers are standing there eating power bars, but right. these people seem yeah. to be. But they're not. Yeah, <laughs> they like chasing after alligators. And what shit. a what a fuck you to indigenous people. Yeah. It's like, but it's, you know, it is. Or it showing is. them. Well, yeah, or just like, people, our ancestors. Yeah. Like we've met, like we evolved, we mastered survival. But that's why, like, that's let's why film it. Yeah. That's why it's kind of interesting. Yeah. To see sure. how, like, showing some respect to them. I, uh, yeah. I, I read about this tri It's So it's this island off of somewhere off the coast of like India. Did you see this? Yeah, they just kill everyone that comes in. 
Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking fascinating. There's yeah. this—it's an indigenous culture that is completely untouched, right. and people won't go down there because if you do, you're going to bring your diseases. Right. And this is the most vulnerable They're tribe like in the world. Not immune to anything, probably. They have no idea how many yeah. people live there. It's like between fifty and four hundred. Yeah. And every time anyone goes close, <laughs> this tribe kills them. <laughs> like they shoot them with arrows. And when hell, like after the tsunami, whatever, how many years ago, they went down to make sure they were okay. And the tribe stood there shooting arrows up at them. They're like untouched by... That's such a weird thought experiment is that that could still exist. Cook Street fan mail. So today's fan mail question was asked by me. Fuck it. Um, Why do the artifice? Uh, This handsome sexophile (laughs) asks... If you could trade trade lives, trade careers is better probably. If you yeah. could trade careers with anyone in TV or film, who would it be? Couple disclaimers: you would not inherit their skills, just their choices. So if you traded with Leonardo DiCaprio, you Nate Gust would have been in The Departed and Wolf of Wall Street, and the movie would suffer perhaps if that was the case. <laughs> So you would be robbing the world of this person that you trade for. They would be sure. in your position. And this is moving forward, too. So if you Mo- take Leo, it's not just he wasn't yeah. in The Departed. You don't get to see Leo and yeah. like We all think you're going to take Leo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I like that it's not take the career of, it's trade. Yeah. So like have to become the poor. Yeah. Like Leo's going to be a Lyft driver. Yeah. Or and, and you could make the case, but he also keeps his skill set. So you could kind of make the case that I'm sure three or four years Leo's back up on his feet. Yeah. He's going to join some. I don't like that. And he still looks like him. Right? Yeah. Like he, that's hard. Yeah. Like if you if you trade again with Leo, you would have been a sex symbol for the last twenty years. Right. Yeah. But he's he's an outlier yeah. because some people are always going to be famous. Yeah. A lot right. of people are just lucky. But you're trading for their past, their present, and also what we project for their future. So if I traded for Adam Sandler, I couldn't expect that all of a sudden I, as Adam Sandler, would start making good, challenging films or something. I would continue along his arc as which we could project. Hmm. It's a great question. (laughs) So I'm going to go last. Yeah, why don't I start? I I guess there's three answers to this that I have one of them is very soft the second one is plushy and the third one's hard um, and also there's a reason I said those words um, so the soft one would just be there's no actual reason for this one but it, we're talking about him today probably later which is Jason Siegel Jason Siegel mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> sounds weird she learned his name yeah I guess yeah, he's that forgettable yeah, yeah. that's right so he's interesting, right? So we're gonna we're talking about his movie later, but he. Um, when were you aware of his name? Sarah Marshall, probably. Right. No. Yeah. Or knocked up. You think? I don't know. Up? Yeah. You knew. He was really only. Was he was great in knocked up. He was. Yeah. But do you think you like looked into who Took he notice. was? I think so. But yeah, maybe, maybe not. Maybe, yeah. maybe not. Um, forgetting Sarah Marshall, which he wrote and starred in didn't direct, but he wrote and starred in, was great. It's a great romantic comedy. It's a great comedy. Mm-hmm. And he's good in it. And you think you would have been good in it? Because um, that's what this is, my friend. Well, yeah. right. Okay, so maybe that's the biggest stretch. Right. I think I could have probably written it. It's not like a 
completely, you know, it's not like a super impressive script or anything. It's very charming. It's very charming. Yeah. He got Mila Kunis at the right time. He got Russell Brand mm-hmm. at the right time. He got yeah. Jonah Hill at the right time. Yeah. Like, um, and, and he was really good in it. And the, I mean, the puppet Dracula stuff. Was great. Memorable, Absolutely. specific. Yeah. yeah. Very... And even like just being in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. I feel like what was the last film that was set in Hawaii? I mean, I guess what there's 50 first dates. You got Paul Rudd at the right time too. Paul Rudd. Yeah. Um, I guess my point is with him is everything afterwards. So he was great. Knocked up. He was great in forgetting Sarah Marshall. And then after that, he was in the five year engagement, which was Jeff who lives at home. Jeff who lives at home. I love I you, man. Did you, you? You like Jeff who lives at home? Mm-hmm. Then you have to do How I Met Your Mother for nine years. He did How I Met Your Mother <laughs> for nine years. That's not a joke. Years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's like a he does. paycheck. Yeah, it is. Sure. Again, if we're switching careers. Boring, though. Yeah. But would you want that? Yeah, it's boring. I mean, it makes him... CBS comedy. How much, how much was he paid the last season? He made $225,000 yes, an episode. Yes. Jesus fucking Christ. I would want that, and the degree of difficulty is... is low. Right, yeah. and it, probably, and it gives, gets more eyes on him so that he is more desired for roles he might want to do. He did the Muppets okay. movie. I, I would not. Yeah, <laughs> it's also anyway. fair to say that it's a shitty job. Yeah, well, right. yeah, it's yeah. only money. It's yeah, it yeah. is only. Money. And he said, I mean, like it's to his credit that he did a lot of films because he right. worked yeah. every summer. But most people only do a TV show, right? right. So anyway, he's not my cushy. Answer. Not my answer. Um, Mark Duplass, um, <laughs> who directed and wrote Jeff, who lives at home. All oh, right, okay. Uh, Mark Duplass is interesting because. Like Justin and I both read an article this week about how he, uh, the Duplass brothers are controlling Hollywood. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Really? Um, yeah, that they're because the the way the markets moved is that there's big productions, big studio productions, and then there's small indies that which money. don't cost any money. Right, and they make. And money. he is, or the those brothers are completely controlling that market. Huh. Yeah. Um, but he's also an actor, and he gets to show up in, like, the Mindy Project. He has a show on, what, HBO right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Togetherness. Togetherness. Uh, Amanda Pete. He did The League, which is terrible. Did he do I think the, league? the League? Is, he acted in it. He just acts in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I mean, is, like, he gets to write, direct, and act, and also choose what things are released. Like, he gets to find talent. It's like a smaller version of Judd Apatow. Yeah. Um, but it's cool that he gets to do all three of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, he also directed the puffy chair, which is a soft puffy. Uh, puffy? Plush. Plush. Those three. No, soft. Heart... He said soft, plushy, and hard. Uh, oh, plushy. Plushy. Yeah. Um, so my <laughs> hard... His second one's a stuffed animal. My hard <laughs> answer here is Jake Johnson. Oh, uh, I love it. So, reasons for Jake Johnson. Number one, Joe Swanberg loves him. Um... What that means, so so he was in Drinking Buddies with Olivia Wilde, yeah. with Anna Kendrick, which is a really good movie, movie, right? We all like that. Do you like that? I guess I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Um, and he's a big reason why. Yeah, he's really good in it. Yeah. That's improv, um, so you have to give him credit. Well, so one of the reasons is, is so we, uh, Justin and I both listened to a podcast recently, uh, WTF, with Joe Swanberg, and he talked about how... He listed a few specific actors, which is Anna Kendrick, Jay Johnson, Olivia Wilde, uh, who's the, there's another guy. Ron Livingston's in Ron it. Ron Livingston. He actually lists Ron Livingston, yeah. which I thought was interesting. Um, 
and says, uh, he basically said, I would do a million movies. I'm going to do another 30 movies with these people. He's also 33 or something, and he's yeah. directed 18 movies. Wow. Um, sure so, you know, Swanberg? He, Swanberg is mumblecore and... Yeah, you sure you don't want him, though? No, because I don't like his movies that much. I like Drinking <laughs> Buddies a lot. But I do think that he's going to do a lot of interesting and kind of important stuff in the way that he gives his characters or actors a chance to Im- improvise is interesting to me because it's not it's not improvis it's it's not improv improving in the same way that it is for like comedians where you just it's, throw out line after line after right, line it's of acting natural different jokes yeah. right it's yeah. acting natural which i think is is something i can do not yeah it's <clears throat> cuz Joe Swanberg's one of the good guys to like i wouldn't want to get rid of him it's tough with filmmakers. Yeah. It's pretty... I mean, it's already arrogant, this exercise. Sure, we should put that as a disclaimer right now. Yeah, right. for sure. Um, but right. to say that I think I could have written or directed that movie right. is a lot different. Absolutely. Than, yeah, I could have acted. Are you yeah. happy with his choices moving forward that aren't Swanberg? Well, hey, but that's, that's kind of what my point is. You would have been great is. in Let's Be Cops. Let's Be Cops You would have been great in it. So let me get there. So for just to finish the Joe Swanberg thing... He's going to get a lot of chances to work with Olivia Wilde and Anna Kendrick. That's great. He's married, but whatever. Um, Also, he has a super cushy job with a regular role on New Girls. And I don't think New Girls is necessarily... New Girl. New Girl. Is necessarily the same... Yeah, every time it would have bothered me. Yeah, me too. Is necessarily the same problem as it is with How I Met Your Mother, where it's like vapid and just a stupid sitcom. At least that show is something. Yeah. Yeah. And he has a real character on there. Women love him. Women love him. Um, he's also kind of a short guy with like a little bit of a beard. He and Mark Duplass were both in Safety Not Guaranteed. They were. So you're definitely in that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll go. So my first inclination was this guy, and I don't know why. Uh, maybe because I just don't know that he's that talented and he's a lot of, in a lot of big things. I uh, want oh, Chris Pine. Like, I'm not as handsome as him, but I don't think that's what makes. No, I think his his character. So you'd be are, like an action star. You'd be a leading man. Fucking do it. Why not? <laughs> you would star Captain in, Kirk. You'd be the star of yeah, Star I could Trek. Be Captain Kirk. The star I like, of I like stars. Evan versus Tom Hardy, and this means war. Yeah. <laughs> Your yeah. eyes are kind of similar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that is it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he's going to be in high demand moving forward. Um, if you think that's ambitious, you're going to love my next one. Christian Bale. <laughs> First of all, I get to be in Newsies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Crushed it. I could be 80 pounds in The Machinist. I could play Patrick Bateman. It's not that hard. <laughs> Uh, now you're working with David O. Russell. Uh, that's I looked at David O. Russell people because I thought that'd be nice. Yeah, you would you would have made Silver Linings. Or no, you're not, he's not in there. Silver Linings. You would have made American Hustle worse though. Nah, nah. And nah, the fighter. Nah, come on, the fighter. He's a pretty good actor. Yeah. <laughs> Who can't do the fighter? <laughs> <laughs> you got the look for it. Are you are you Batman? Because I, I don't know if you are. <laughs> oh, his gravelly voice was Batman. I gotta put on some weight. There's, there's no arguing you with you there. You, have, you, have you just gotta bulk up, you. exactly. You just gotta get it's strong. Okay. <laughs> you, I'm either Captain Kirk or Batman. As long as I'm the leader of the two franchise. franchises. Hey, you said I could do it. Yeah. I have confidence in myself. If you don't have that same confidence, maybe we should end this working relationship right now. Oh, I'm dropping.
but the real one I went with is Domino Gleason. Oh. oh, that's a great answer. That one I could do. <laughs> that's a great answer. So that's about time. About and time. Ex Machina. And then he's in the new Inheritu movie coming out, and he's also going to be in the Star Wars franchise. Huh. So, would you have done an English accent in About Time? No, she's not British. I could have gotten away with... Sure, but it takes place in England. Yeah, but if I was him, they would have changed it. That's fair. She'd have been British. Because you know McAdams can do a British accent. Yeah, absolutely. That's true. It would have just taken place in California. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) If only I was one of those. All right. Um, So I just did three kind of whatever. Also, the last one being what I, I guess, what I'm picking. The soft, fleshy, Um, and the hard. First, First, um, again, it'll sound arrogant my ears because he's sexually desired. But with my beard and long hair, I feel like I could have fit into the Game of Thrones thing. Ah, Kit Harington. I could have been Jon Snow. Yeah, 100%. I thought about Kit Harington. What's he going to do now? I think he's going to do something now that he's, you know. No, because Mm. everyone sees him as Jon Snow. What do you mean? Women women love him. I know, but I don't think he's going to do good things. That's right. Like, artistic expression. He's going to be in, like, rom-coms and stuff. He is. He did did the HBO thing. (laughs) I know. Did you know he does stand-up? But Nate will make them better. Right. Yeah. Did Nate you know he make does stand up? Are you ready yeah, to do stand up? Kit Harrington did stand up. No, he he is currently doing stand up. Is it for a role? Well, then, yeah, I'll have to. No, do it. he's trying. Like he's trying to transition into doing comedy. He's not good in Seven Days in Hell. Did you watch it? I did. He's not very good. I don't think he was the worst thing about. No. That. I like that because he's young, right? He's like like. It kind of makes like sense. There you go. Like, get all the years you can. Well, yeah, that's... I picked yeah. older people and I don't feel great about it. Yeah. Because I'm yeah, shortening my lifespan. That's the thing, yeah. My are upper 30s. Yeah. Um, my second one um, is in two great movies. <laughs> Proposal being one. Do it. Oh, Ryan Reynolds. Just friends. Yeah, fuck it. I'm yeah. Ryan Reynolds. He's not going to do great... But like, Deadpool's do I need to win a fucking Oscar? Deadpool's guys? supposed to be great. I'll be fine. I, I think it would have been great as way Lantern. funnier than Ryan Reynolds, and he tries to do comedy a lot. I could have been the fat guy in Just Friends. No True. problem. I have been the fat guy. In Just <laughs> <laughs> He's he could have been one of the guys with the girl in the pizza place. Yeah, yeah. Could have been that sure, sure. Yeah. It's a good way. The the TV that's like the Jason Segel thing. If he had Wilder. done, yeah, but that's only a couple seasons. And if you he had done, had a. How I Met Your Mother, whatever, earlier. It's a good way to get your feet wet. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Acting chops up. It's actually a good show. Um, they said Deadpool is supposed to be really good. Really? Really. Ryan Reynolds' superhero movie. It's coming out next year. It'd be really, like... But see, everyone really sees fun. him as the Green Lantern already, so... <laughs> everyone loved him as the Green Lantern. Yeah. It would. I think it'd be really fun to be in a superhero movie, Oh, yeah. Right? And, like, pretty easy. I was in a bunch as Christian Bale, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's it like? <laughs> if you, I think... I think you would have been able to film the Blade sequel with Wesley Snipes without creating a feud, which is one of the things he's right. famous for. Exactly, exactly. So. Um, <laughs> we all know that. I think with both of those, I'm not, I'm not depriving people of too much so far. That's true. Yeah. Um, not talent. On the talent That's what spectrum. I mean. like, yeah. yeah, there's some... Yeah. You know, but I'll buff up. It'd be all right. Yeah, yeah. it'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, my third one, speaking of buffing up, is Chris Pratt. Really? So this in this one you would be depriving. Yeah, the this I, one I would be. I was That's hoping why I said you'd the say first this. two. I, meant, really? I didn't really deprive. But here's the thing: Parks and Rec. This character was probably the most fun character I could ever play. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah. I would yeah, not do as well as him, obviously. Yeah, but it'd be fun. 
Then you get to be in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Guardians of the Galaxy. And he, he was in her. He was great in her. Mm-hmm. He's in Guardians of the Galaxy. Also, he's, he's doing your... like really funny action movies, and I think that's going to be a thing he does. He's also probably your closest comp. Like for the Sweet. the kind of thing that you do, like the, the what you do that's funny on video. Right, he just does it up there. Yeah. And yeah. what's attractive about you? I the triceps. Yeah. Like physically, like if you he's, got in guardian's shape, it'd be like, all right, well it's over. He's a big in shape guy. Big, yeah. Well, I also don't yeah. want to lose Chris Pratt. That's, right. that's why change doesn't him. happen. I know, but I mean, sorry, he took Christian Bale from us and. I, I took, took Gleason. I took Gleason. You're going to miss Gleason? No. I'm not. I'm not. You're right. No one's going to miss well, Gleason. This is me being selfish. Yeah. No, I love it's it. It's a great answer. I was hoping when we, when I read this question, yeah. I thought Nate should really? take Grace Yeah. Okay. In general, I, I realized that mine are not at all like ambitious. Yeah. Like, I assumed I was going to come like, off slide as in crazy, there. but like, you guys really shot for the stars. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Why not? Uh, well, I was just thinking of people I hate. Um, mm. Just to get him, get him going. Oh, so you in good movies or what? Like Tobey Maguire. Like oh. if if this genie came up and said, you know, you can get rid of Tobey Maguire's presence in pop culture right now. You're like, I gotta consider you gotta that. Take this. Yeah, I gotta consider it. But, but you trust his. I'm yeah. not jealous of his career at right. all. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to be Spider Man. There's not one thing you want to be in. I don't want to be in Cider House Rules, Sea Biscuit, Great Gatsby. No. It's just not my skill set, frankly. More, nor his. Nor his. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then I was thinking of someone else that makes comedies and gets to uh, be with a lot of hot women who I hate. Wait, are we get their life life? No, but their on-screen okay. romances is huge. Gotcha. And that's mostly what mine are built around. On screen. Ashton Kutcher. Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> it would give me it. great pleasure to take him, to abort him now. Well, so is it, is it only because of No Strings Attached? Because it, without that... You have to be in Valentine's Day. He, I mean, you're in my he's how many years of that 70s show? Which Making is, out with Mila Kunis. Right. You get to hook up with Natalie Portman and No Strings Attached. That's pretty much it. What I, <laughs> what I found out is that not only are his movies terrible, and I can't save them, even with my wit, no. is that the leading ladies he's with, like he's in a lot of rom-coms, they're kind of like a busted Brittany foursome. Murphy. Brittany Murphy, Tara Reid... Cameron Diaz and Amanda Peet. Oh, God. None of them do anything for me. Amanda yeah. Peet. What about Valentine's no. Day? He sucks. Yeah, and I hate him awful. so much. Yeah, he's awful. Um, Punk would have been fun. Ben Affleck. So, he's had quite a history. He's a director. Uh, he is. So, basically, I thought, what's... Calling sec- me out for being ambitious. Yeah, that's a <laughs> Well, this, is, this isn't my answer. Okay? Be- oh, okay. And also, Christian Bale is way better than Ben Affleck. As far as what? His skill. He's a better actor than Ben Affleck is anything. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, what sex scene in a movie have I recently seen and thought, fuck you, man? Because that's what I do when I see a Emily rich actor. Emily Radashevic. The Blurred Lines girl and Gone Girl. Yeah. She takes her tits out and just grinding. And yeah, I they don't that. have sex. I you mean, can't, but you won't do that in any movie. Like, that's the best you're going to do in terms of a day at the office. I wouldn't be sad to not have Ben Affleck anymore. Yeah. So, Charlize Theron... Sex scene in Reindeer Games. Liv Tyler, Armageddon. That's okay. San- Sandy Bullock, Forces of Nature. Jennifer Garner, Daredevil. And then he has like two or three movies with peak Gwyneth and peak J-Lo. I mean, these were terrible <laughs> movies. Gwyneth. But like you're, you're, you're going to work and you're having a good time. Yeah, and you don't have to be good because every movie he's done besides Good Will Hunting up till the Afflecassance yeah. was bad. Did that start with The Town? Yes. So that's the thing is I what I do like about it is that at this point 
it be writing and directing, and that seems more fun to me at this point. Yeah. Um, acting, I'm not as good of him, as good as him, but you, no one would miss him as an actor. But um, the town, I think, is probably one of the best like 20 movies of the past half decade, and he's the star. <laughs> a also. lot of qualifiers. It's a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, it's four movies a year that crack that list. Yeah. The town's great. Town's great. Uh, Argo's good, but I don't. I, I could probably. Who yeah, cares? Yeah. I don't think it would have won Best Picture if I directed it, but did it? You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, what was supposed to win that year? Um, something Bale was in. <laughs> something Burrow. Yeah. Yeah. So my answer is Jason Sudeikis. Um, what I like about his career, it has a lot of variety up to this point in terms of being both TV and film. Like the only way a TV job is enticing to me is if it's SNL. And he got to do SNL for eight years. Yeah, and he was like one of the big shots. I mean, you just get to do something different every week. You meet a crazy musician or actor. SNL is what everyone kind of wants to do, even if they don't admit it. Mm -hmm. So eight years of that, pretty great as far as a life experience goes. Um, The films he's been in are not very good. um, And he's good in them. Is he? He, He's funny. I I like Jason Sudeikis. I think he's funny, but I've said this off podcast air a lot i don't think there's anything he does that i couldn't do yeah i think i know this, I could at least this do... is gonna be the disagreement is with nate but yeah i mean well, he went chris pratt now so we're both saying that we could do I, like 80 taking away I some charming yeah, people I, I said i was taking away i yeah. said that was all for me yeah and that was selfish yeah i wouldn't have done like an easy one i like i like the challenge of saying no i think i could do 80 percent of what this person i like does right and that's basically it and you know you work with Charlie Day and Jason Bateman and the Horrible Bosses. I think they're the better two. I think, uh, and going the distance. We're the Millers. I don't know. Nick Offerman, Jennifer Aniston. Like, he's not that great in it. So I think yeah. basically if we're, com- <laughs> if we're comparing him to his peers at SNL, I know for a fact I couldn't do what Fred Armisen, Will Forte, and Bill Hader can do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Sudeikis I think if you is had... tall, apparently handsome, and charming, who's you often sarcastic. Married That's Ops. all that matters. But I wouldn't get that. I mean, no. we would work together on Drinking Buddies. I think I could make it happen. But he's <laughs> often just playing a sarcastic. You'd be player. on Drinking Buddies with uh, Jake Johnson. I know. Here. I'm excited about that. <laughs> It'd be fun. Yeah. We had a great time. Sure. Um, I think if if you had gone first and you had said Jason Sudeikis, there would have been reason to say, "Oh, come on, he's he's." Good. But after Christian Bale and Chris Pratt, what he said. cricket. That's what I said. That's what I said apparently it's really not Absolutely. Deal. He is the least he might be the least talented of that group. Cook Street fan mail. Alright, so the movie we are doing this week is kind of a break from the summer blockbuster fair. Uh, it's called The End of the Tour. And uh, it's about a road trip that David Foster Wallace went on with a editor for Rolling Stone in 1996. So, big seller for tickets. Party! <laughs> um, the other movies we could have done uh, real quick coming out this week are uh, Mission Impossible uh, 20. Uh, what do you think the score is, real quick? 96. No. Great. 67. 91. 91. 91. It is 62. 90. What? Wow. <laughs> And also the new Vacation reboot. What do you think that is? 46. God, are you going to tell me it's high? I really don't want it to be high. I I don't either. A couple no comments. 28. Uh, I was about to say 27. So I win both. So either way, not a lot to (laughs) talk about with either one of those, I don't think. 
um, we'll see one and we won't see the other. Uh, but but this, I, I won't see this that we're about to do either. Unless you lose. Yeah, that's that's what I'm worried about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is, yeah, I mean, this is an art house uh, film that premiered in Sundance in January. And uh, it's coming out limited release this week. I don't think it'll come to Denver probably for a couple weeks. So it's yeah. actually, I don't even know if who the loser will get a chance to see yeah, it before true. the next podcast. But um, basically, real quick... Uh, I'll just read the the actual premise of it. It is... End of the Tour tells the story of the five-day interview between Rolling Stone reporter and novelist David Lipsky, played by Jesse Eisenberg, and acclaimed novelist David Foster Wallace, played by Jason Siegel, which took place right after the 1996 publication of Wallace's groundbreaking epic novel, Infinite Jest. As the days go on, a tenuous yet intense relationship seems to develop between journalist and subject, the two men bob and weave around each other, sharing laughs and also possibly revealing hidden tensions. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah fuck you. <laughs> we don't want to spoil it. Maybe not, though. Uh, so this is so because I was hosting. I kind of I've had my eyes on this for a while because David Foster Wallace is. It's hard to avoid hyperbole here, but I mean, whatever the greatest person ever is, <laughs> I think he's the smartest man ever. Okay. Because I value writing and philosophy and insight but more than science. Right. You only like his one of his books, or do you like the other ones? I like everything he's oh, ever really? said. Okay. I just I thought you weren't really into the other books. They're not as good. I don't think. I mean, it's not like he writes character or story well. Yeah. And we'll get into okay. that. But as far as social commentary and, I just think he's a genius. Yeah. And like, like he, he has some sweaty interview that's on YouTube that he did in German hotel room. And, like, that hour of content is maybe what I like best. It's just him talking. So that's why I think he's just the smartest. Mm. I don't know if he's the best writer or the best whatever, but I think he's the smartest. Um, the guy that got me into David Foster Wallace a decade ago is Basement Dave. So let's bring him up. Uh, no! <laughs> What's going on? All right. I'm so glad you got me up here. I have a great one. This week, no. yeah. So I'm gonna do. I'm gonna defend the USA series Psych, which you know as uh, a buddy <laughs> comedy. But so the guy, the main guy, right? There's no actual basement recommendation tonight. Oh, uh, yeah. I really wanted to get into. He pretends Wait, to he's be pretending? psychic. <laughs> yeah, oh. but he's just really good at observation. But why? So why am I here? You're here because. Uh, we're going to talk about the end of the tour and yeah! David Foster Wallace, oh. our hero. All right. Our Why hero. did you bring me up for this? That's yeah, great. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, so basically just a background. I know, Ev, you've read some essays. Trav, you've read probably one or two things. Um, Nate, I don't know what you do. I picked up his book once. Yeah. <laughs> you might, that sounds hard. Sounds hard. <laughs> you might have heard uh, the This Is Water or got yeah. a sniff of it. Mm -hmm. um, Enfield Tennis or whatever. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so This Is Water is a commencement speech he gave in 2005 at Kenyon College that uh, a video was made for it a couple years ago that went viral. A lot of people know This Is Water. Yeah. yeah. That's their, their access to him. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing he's really known for is Infinite Jest which is the book that was just written at the time of this movie that is on basically every list that uh, talks about greatest books ever written. 
Um, it's a thousand pages. It's known for having a lot of footnotes. There's 388 footnotes in a thousand pages. Wow. wow. So I guess that means there's not 388 pages there are footnotes? or I, guess no, I think it's only like 100 up. pages, but it's like half yeah. size. Font, I kept trying so to research if you did footnotes, how much, how long would it be? And right. I couldn't get an answer, but okay. <laughs> So yeah, he's uh, it's ambitious as fuck, um, and uh, really, really, really well revered and lauded. Yeah. So uh, Dave, because you recommended it to Justin, so you're kind of our recommend, source. Recommend Dave. Reco- yeah, I recommend Dave. Dave it. Uh, in a sentence, what is that book about? <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think the takeaway for most readers uh, would be that entertainment is a problem but um, also a solution for some of our struggles in life so it's a positive and a negative but he sees it he even names the years um, based on like um, uh, company sponsorship yeah to kind of point out how we're kind of run by these bigger companies but it is a focus on media and entertainment too right. one of the thrusts of the book is uh, the video that makes you it paralyzes it's you. Too there's, yeah, the, it's too entertaining. Yeah, it's too entertaining. There's right. an entertainment cartridge that zombifies anyone that watches right. it. Right. And, and he uses an addiction clinic to kind of line up with that in terms of just how people interact with things outside of themselves, especially yeah. entertainment. But And right. there's also a third story arc that is um, a kid at a tennis academy. Right. Who's right. like a prodigy. Right. Which David Foster Wallace was. Right. Yeah. He does have some good... Tennis essays. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, his essay on Roger Federer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, right, that's the thing about Wall. So, some background on him. His first novel, Broom of the System, was published in 1987. He was 25, and it was his thesis project at Amherst. Um, then he wrote some short stories, but nothing. He wasn't really famous. Um, Infinite Jest comes out in 96. Everyone shits their pants. It's regarded as a masterpiece. How long did it take him to write it then? So he, yeah, if I hadn't, I learned all this today just prepping. He started writing it in 1991. Okay. He finished the first draft in 1993, and then it was uh, ready to be published in 96. The original manuscript was 1,600 pages. Wow. So. Well, what I like about it is um, 60% more. It, 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 it's hard to access, which makes it um, super satisfying to finish, complete, and actually digest most of what he's trying to say. And that he purposely wrote it with the idea that someone who really stayed with it would it would still take them two months to get through it which is a strange thing to do as an artist right to yeah. take two months of somebody's life i read today that he said with infinite jess he wanted to write something sad yeah mm. which is interesting well i mean it's called main, infinite jess i mean the tennis <laughs> player is incredibly sad yeah well and it's all most of his stuff is is has some sort of undercurrent of Depression, and especially as that's kind of fostered by an American, no well, fostered yeah, no, uh, by um, being an American, uh, right. and one that was raised on TV. So I mean, this is like he's been called the voice of the generation, and this book is the defining work of the past twenty years, basically. And he hung himself. Yeah. So so he killed himself. He did. <laughs> he did. He um, he never wrote another novel. That was published while he was alive, um, probably to avoid comparison. And uh, he, but he's got tons of essays that are, are great. I mean, I like his essays. I think as much as Infinite Jest. I'm more a David Foster Wallace yeah. fan than I am an Infinite Jest fan. I just read Shipping Out. 
so yeah. good. It's just a faster delivery again. And it's, it's so good. It's just a faster delivery system for yeah. his insights. Which is why people like this is water so much, right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. a condensed version, it's more accessible. Yeah, and he, and the animation they do in the YouTube video makes it more accessible. Yeah. And I mean as a as a commencement address, he's just telling a bunch of twenty two year olds, don't worry about how you define success or your careers um, or even happiness because even that's kind of a red herring just you're an adult now and you should be the best human you can be and that means embracing freedom and responsibility and drop your own ego and be compassionate so it's basically existentialism and buddhism wrapped in a beautiful mixture that people can get like he's i don't know like this it, it's it's two people that um think this is the most important writer that's existed in the last however many years versus three people that your experience with it is more based on hype and um it's easy to bristle at like like jason siegel we're listening to a wtf he did and uh he had to buy he hadn't read infinite jest he bought it at a used bookstore and the cashier said oh god every guy i've ever slept with has an unread copy of infinite jest on his bedside yeah, table I was bring that up too. <laughs> yeah so i mean it, it has it, it's it's, it's joyce and ulysses right yeah, yeah it's a very easy punchline for pretentiousness and because it's modern hipsters right? yeah our generation yeah sure. why doesn't she yeah. try fucking somebody that's not a hipster <laughs> yeah she's, a she's hipster. kind of saying a lot about who she's and why didn't you, <laughs> why didn't you know that was jason siegel like, <laughs> and how do you know it's unread right yeah <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's just this cynicism that comes with it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there are people that brag that they finished it or something like that. But Because this is such an important... So the obvious comparison for me personally for this is Elliot Smith because he hugely important to me. Um, I find him impossible to compare to other musicians because of um, his ability to do every single aspect of musicianhood. You know, it's it's songwriting um recording the like he innovated the way people record that type of music played every single instrument um so i find it really like i bristle whenever somebody compares somebody to elliot smith um, and he killed himself he stabbed himself twice in the heart so if somebody was Which making sexy as hell obviously yeah it's badass if somebody was making a movie like a, a biopic about elliot smith i would be really fucking nervous right so like yeah how do you how does that well i'm <clears throat> i'm nervous but i'm excited about the possibility because of what the material the book is which is his tour for infinite jest after its publication right and i think a lot of people are worried that this will kind of like crystallize him as a particular person and then everybody will attach it to his art which is something he never wanted yeah which right. similar to like pension who is nowhere and right. uh, Salinger, who just doesn't want that. Even Harper Lee didn't want that. Just didn't up want until that the last year to have <laughs> up until they could the actually money. control her in the nursery, <laughs> uh, nursing home. Um, yeah, I'm I mean, terrified what, actually happened. What but, makes this a good translatable uh, version of seeing David Foster Wallace on screen is it's so it's based on a book called Although in the End You Just Become Yourself which is just one of the nuggets that he likes to drop in normal conversation. Um, it's it's just a transcript of the right, conversation. Right. So everything you see Jason Siegel say is something David Foster Wallace right, said. Right. They don't have to dramatize. Which does make it so it's not being, yeah, yeah, it's not being sure. mediated. Um, right. And yeah. I think that 
uh, in general, like, if it brings more people to read his stuff, then I'm in favor of that. I think it's harder because This Is Water happened. I don't think if this, I don't think if that came out and people attached so much of that to him that people would be as concerned about this. They would actually be excited, maybe not. Um, people take him really seriously. Um, to see at least that sort of slice of life. Like Justin was saying, um, the interview, a German TV interview, is amazing. Just yeah. to see him be in his own skin right. and be uncomfortable and then Ooh, say brilliant things yeah. and just be weirded out by basic human misunderstandings. Uh, a question is asked, he's not sure how he should answer it because he's not sure about how the wording was in the question. Right. It's just like you're watching a genius at yeah, work. Yeah, it's a savant. Interact. It's like yeah. if I say this, you'll think that. If I yeah. say that, you'll think this. And right. it's just like, yeah, you got it all. You got every angle. <laughs> but I mean, and he's great. And he's just on a different level of communication. Are you also hampered by it? Do you guys feel protective about it at all? Like, I'm... No, I, I, I want to see it. I, I mean, I read the book that was put out. I think it's great to see that, but I'm able to separate that from the art. I don't think right. they're the same thing. You'd feel protective of the Infinite Jest being made into a movie. Very protective. But and I think as that far as this is a transcript crazy. and it's yeah. one trip. Yeah, but isn't that, it, it, isn't that weird, though? And I'm not saying you're wrong. It's a different I'd, I'd probably feel the same way if, if you know, this was the Elliot Smith biography. Right. But you're, you're having somebody play this character. And somebody who, yeah. who play, who's playing him who had no... You know, he had no idea of what this person was before he was offered this role. And it's like, not all method acting, though. You know, right? But yeah. like, what you're doing is you're listening to transcripts, and I'm not. Right. I'm not trying to discount the movie. Might be great, right? But you're listening to words that he said, which you could just as easily read, and yeah. it's being interpreted by an actor true. who had no emotional connection to this character or to this author before this movie happened, and. Like that is that was strange. a strange detail to learn. I'm yeah. astonished they're making it. I don't even I don't know who it's for. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's I think it's a universal. I mean, the thing he he he's a guy that is is getting famous in this moment in these five days. He his life just changed. He got what he wanted, and he's not happy. Wanted was in air quotes, and he's not happy, and he doesn't want to be famous. Like you said, he, he wouldn't want to be out there. And he's being interviewed by a writer who also published a novel that same year as Infinite Jest that was like one of Time's best books. Right. But it wasn't a masterpiece. Right. And like that struggle to be an artist that is good but not going to be remembered after their death. Right. That's fascinating and universal, probably. Yeah. So I think I think taking something that he wrote would be harder um, right. to do. I, what, and what's, riskier. What's maybe yeah. What's maybe worrisome is the nature of because he died. He killed himself. Um, you. It'll be easy to try and do like the emotional forensics of oh well. This movie's showing me why he killed himself eventually. Uh, that's right. actually one thing I'm very scared of that I heard about today or read about today, mm -hmm. which is that they do at some point do a posthumous like 2008 like just with Eisenberg. Who's playing uh, mm. the other guy? David Lipsky. Yeah, yeah. Um, of like him reflecting, or something. I don't know what actually goes that's on in, the, in movie, the movie, but I think that's crazy to yeah. do that. I, I would much rather have it be Contained. totally isolated in that '97. Yeah. Was it? Nine, yeah, '96. Was '96. Yes. Rip. So he killed himself twelve years later. How, how did you feel? Um, I remember where I was when I got the text that he died. How did you feel when you heard about the suicide? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously. I wasn't devastated at all. The, the way, he, I mean, and it's funny, I, like I said, Shipping Out really took me uh, the last couple days reading it. Um, he writes so much about, in that at least, um, about his frustration and struggle with the way that Americans spend their money or, or try and seek happiness. And, uh, but he still writes, even though he's being judgmental about it um, and frustrated by what we hang on to in our infinite chase for happiness, um, he's still happy in his writing. So it's yeah. not like he's always sad. It's not like he's this brooding artist who you're just sure is going to slit his wrists. But you can kind of tell in the little things that he takes these things way more seriously than everybody else. Yeah. But, but that's probably not what happens with most suicide victims. I think most people have agreed that it's a chemical imbalance and there's actually a wrong processing of self Right. Yeah. So basically, he just to compare to Elliot Smith's like so. Uh, Wallace hung himself in his garage. Uh, also, a sexy way to do it. Um, his girlfriend found him. He. I mean, he had depression from the minute you can diagnose it in an adult. He had took antidepressants for twenty years. Uh, he credited those with allowing him to be productive. Um, his doctor told him to stop taking him in like two thousand seven because there were side effects and he was developing a tolerance. He tried electroshock therapy after that, then went back to the antidepressants. They yeah, didn't apparently take. it worked they for him. They still do electroshock therapy? That's coming back. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I the point is that it was easy not to be... And Elliot Smith, I think, was sort of the same thing. I mean, it's devastating. But in a way, it's, 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 it's no longer surprising once you reach a certain age and you accept that with a certain capital G, like genius, especially artistic genius, that kind of mind that has, like, an acute elite understanding of existence and humanity there is a cost of doing business with that and it doesn't always end in suicide but like the, if it doesn't it's just a lifetime of emotional and mental health problems torture that can only be temporarily fixed by like substances and eventually they od right. or they take their own lives so i mean i don't know if the movie i'm hoping the movie I, I'm, I'm interested in because it's it seems like it's not like they don't have the blessing of the wallace estate right but um, it seems uh, reverent without um, wanting to take a stance on anything either. Like, it should be a pretty simple... It's a five-day road trip. It's not going to tackle mental health in that. Yeah, it's not going to... And it's all stuff he said, which helps. Right. Yeah. But um, I, you have to be concerned that they're putting some emotion on top of these things where it's like, oh, that yeah, he's definitely going to kill himself. Like, Yeah. Because, I think that... Because he's not trying to kill himself when he's doing this. The yeah. best he's version of this, of this movie would be if... <clears throat> if Jason Siegel was offered this role, read Infinite Jest, acted in the movie, and then found out that David <laughs> Foster Wallace killed himself. Yeah. Right. yeah. I, and, and the filmmaker. Yeah. Like, if you could yeah. remove that... It was made in 2008. It's hard, before yeah. year it, seven, be, before it's, it's hard to imagine a version of this where, especially you guys, don't roll your eyes at some point. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, this it's a biopic. Um, well, it's not, though, because it's, it's five days. days. It's a small, yeah. you know, chunk. It's a small little bite-sized version. But he is a, a very revered figure in, in certain circles. Um, so when it was announced that Jason Siegel was playing him, the Internet was really upset. Yeah. Um, he took a lot of heat. And that's probably what makes the movie such a gamble. I don't think anyone's worried about Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> As a <laughs> yeah. journalist. As a guy. If Joaquin Phoenix was playing David Foster Wallace right now, your guess range for the Rotten Tomato score would be right. higher. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that's true. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, as far as the actual movie goes, it's uh, directed by uh, James Ponsolt, who hasn't done much. He did The Spectacular Now, 93%. Huh. That's the job that got him this job, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Uh, before that, he did uh, Smashed, which I actually want to see now. Um, I'm worried that, and like, I don't have to be as worried as, as I would be if I were you guys, <laughs> but I don't know if Jason Siegel is capable of this. Um, so if you think about the movies he's been in, has he ever been convincing in a non-funny role? So has, like... Has he been in one? Freaks and Geeks is like the closest thing I could think That's of. That's a non-funny role? He's not supposed to be funny. I mean, have you seen it? Yeah. But it's a comedy that he's in, I guess. It's kind of a comedy. But I think, I mean, it's important, I think, also to understand, like, David Foster Wallace's, like, mannerisms and the way he acted as a person. Yeah, exactly. Was goofy and weird and wasn't dark. He would right. say seriously heavy shit, but he wasn't, like, a serious guy on the surface because he was so uncomfortable socially. I guess I'm not saying... I think that which a lot of comedians can easily do. I'm not asking right. if he can pull off being dramatic. I'm asking if he can pull off being real. Like, I don't think... I think that every, yeah, every time he says something, I imagine you're going to think he's an actor doing a line. Yeah, I'm, I, I guess I would just say probably ridiculously because it's not necessarily how the viewer sees it once it's on screen... But that's kind of how I view Dear Professor Wallace. Like, what is he doing right now? Yeah. He's talking like a goof. It's he doesn't weird. seem to know what he has to say. Right. And then he says something great out of nowhere. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I, th I think that's that's a fair question to keep bringing up of, like, our reaction to this. Um, but I don't... I actually feel the opposite. Like, I have no stake in this at all. Hmm. I mean... I do a little... I don't know what he was like. It's not yeah, like you're Martin Luther King. There's not all this public you know, documents of what these figures were like. Even Lincoln, people come in with a preconceived idea and then Daniel Day-Lewis plays it a little different and then people are mad. It's This doesn't change my relationship to what he's said or written at all. He's going to wear a bandana, for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely going to wear that. Yeah. When it's I first saw the glasses. pictures, um, yeah, there's definitely a little bit of like, oh my God, what are we doing? <laughs> why, why can't it be an unknown? Yeah, maybe it's great. Yeah. I mean, I I can't isolate the movie as just the movie. It could suck, but I'm just glad that he's still in the minds of people yeah. and that more people may have access to him. I'm worried that people will start reading Infinite Jest like, fuck this guy. Yeah, <laughs> can't do Ridiculous. This. But I hope that they read some of his essays. Because but that doesn't I really... That, that I think everyone could read that. That doesn't really happen, though, with that type of book, right? Like, like Yeah, probably not. I mean, that's, like... You, when you pick off what you've shelf, committed, you realize that's not for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, not understanding it. I, I can't read James Joyce. It doesn't mean I don't think he's good. Well, it, yes. Jason Siegel uh, recently did Sex Tape. That was 17%. <laughs> it's probably a good comp, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably what got him the job. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, man. Bad Teacher. Forty-four oh, percent. That's different. A different movie. <laughs> <laughs> Same cast. Um, those are his, and five, and I guess those are his duds. Um, yeah. Five-year engagement. Uh, he wrote and uh, and the star sixty-three. Um, the Muppets, who he's kind of like apparently uh, yeah, responsible yeah. for getting that franchise back up on its feet. Ninety-six percent. That's why you put it. What? Ninety-six percent Muppets. Um, okay. Yeah. That's and, why I put puppets in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, big movie. 
for him, 85%. Um, and uh, I love you, man. This is despicably high. 84. Wow, that is high. Um, it's high for that, I think. Despicably high? I, I think it's a 60. Um, I don't know if we really need to talk about Eisenberg that much, um, other than maybe we all kind of know what he does, but we know he does it great, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to argue that he's really good at Mar- as being Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, but that's, yeah. I'm not going to say he's not good, but he's... That's what he is. Yeah, his... Um, I don't know. I mean, Mark Zuckerberg is not the same as the Zombieland character. The zom- but that's the other one, right? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, like Awkward Squid and, and the Whale. He's, Woody Allen. He's, yeah. he's the unfunny Michael Sarah. Yeah. They basically <laughs> have the one look. Um, but yeah, Zombieland, Squid and the Whale, and Social Network are all great. I believe he's very smart. And Jason Siegel said in that same podcast that he's um, the most prepared actor he's ever met. Really? Yeah. And he's worked yeah. with Seth Rogen. Uh, Well, let's watch a trailer real quick and then let's guess with no commentary. What's this story about in your mind? Just what it's like to be the most talked about writer in the country, that sort of thing. You're like a nervous guy, huh? (laughs) No, no, no. No, I'm okay. How are you? Because I'm terrified. I gotta ask, what is with the bandana? I know that it's a security blanket for me whenever I'm kind of afraid my head is going to (laughs) explode. We ate like this all the time. What would be wrong with that? It's like good seductive commercial entertainment, like uh, like Die Hard. Uh, first Die Hard. First Die Hard. Great film. Yes. No, it's a brilliant. The best. Hey, isn't it reassuring to have a lot of people read you? I think if the book is about anything, yeah, it's about the question of why. Why am I doing it? And what's so American about what I'm doing? So there it was, boys. Yeah. It's hard to tell with indie indie yeah. film trailers in general because you can't spot the tropes and stuff like yeah. that and. Every indie trailer I see, the first half looks great, and then by the end I'm not sure. <laughs> what is the what is the basement for you right now? Dave. Because Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'd be surprised if it was less than like 77. No, like a movie. My basement was lower than that. Was it? Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> really showed your hand there. Okay, so these boys are going to guess the Rotten Tomato score of the end of the tour, and whoever is furthest off from the score will have to go see this movie alone. Zero. And have to then, zero. <laughs> then host the next podcast, oh. which you are uh, precluded from because you'll be back in the basement. You're not. Yeah. No, I'm not. You're not a member of Cook Street. Yeah. Um, Can you guess from the basement? <laughs> just shout it out. I mean, he wrote about authenticity. It'd be a lie if you didn't. Really weird. Um, I don't know. I feel like this is kind of low risk as a movie. It's just a bunch of, I mean, it's things that he said. Mm-hmm. The way it looks like is it's just him saying those things. There's nothing. Yeah. This doesn't look like a movie. It looks yeah, like yeah. It, it, looks, yeah. it looks like him saying things. When I saw, I watched the trailer like three months ago, and uh, from that point on, I've been. All thumbs up because it's just I got I get chills watching it. Just like right. oh yeah yeah, this is a smart guy talking. Yeah. You yeah. couldn't write that dot. No one else is writing that script. Right. right. But, but as a movie, all right. So what's your guess, T? I'll go for seventy-seven. That was your basement, and that's where you're going. Yeah. With? Well that's <laughs> he said. He said this is lower than that. Wow. Wow. I'm way above my basement. So. <laughs> okay. I'm with eighty-one. Okay. Close. I went 80. <laughs> oh my god. You guys are crazy. What a sandwich. It's obviously 86. Okay. It's yeah. going to be like, well, we like 90. Yeah, that's crazy. 94. 
I thought you guys were going to be way off. I thought he, I thought Trav was going to be way higher. I was honestly between 60 and 90. I thought you were going to be lower. Uh, critics consensus. There's only 28 reviews in, but it's got a consensus. Brilliantly performed and smartly unconventional, the end of the tour pays fitting tribute to a singular talent while offering profoundly poignant observations on the human condition. 92%. Apparently Siegel's the bomb in it. Really? Yeah. He looked, that was the other reason I gave the thumbs up because I thought he looked great in the trailer. Yeah, I liked his little... It it does match the cadence and and the attitude that I've seen in the few things publicly. All right, well, we ran out of time to talk about Trainwreck, but we will do that next podcast, which will probably happen uh, in a couple weeks. In the meantime, check out more podcasts and our web series and various sketches. We just put out one called Second a Day, which is a uh, one second of film every day for a year. And you can go find all this stuff on cookstreetproductions.com, cookst. You can follow us on Twitter, cook underscore street. Like us on Facebook, Instagram. And or just come visit us and um, Sayonara racists. <laughs> Walk me to the corner. Let me be the one.